Hello, welcome to another episode of Min Mitten Gaming. Um, today we are returning to you with another episode of our Free Blades faction highlights. Uh, we're going to go be going over the Haradel and Questers today. I'm really excited about that, and Jeff is back. Um, yep. Still yep, here. so I'm very excited to have our co-host back here. Hope you were able to give the Bushido episode a listen there. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so with that, we're going to dive into our usual hobby progress. So, uh, Jeff, go ahead. Have you <laughs> been able to do any hobby progress? <laughs> yeah, I have, actually. So even though I was up in the great north, I uh, managed to put together almost an entire uh, starter box of German. So that's like three Hanomags and 30 infantry. And so uh, I got a couple more infantry put together there, but um, was able to get cracking on that, and uh, that feels pretty good to get those done and got to do it up north of all things. So that was really fun. That's uh, nice. No, weren't attacked by any bears while you were assembling. No, although uh, I didn't tell you this. Uh, actually, I didn't. I have faced uh, squared off against a bear before up there, um, but I. Squared off against a wolf this time. A wolf uh, walked out in the road about 30 feet from me and then crossed the road about 10 feet from me. So, uh, maybe 20 feet from me. Anyway, so I got to square off against a wolf. You know, that was fun. It's a good time. It's your hair. They saw you and they're like, one of us. <laughs> they're like, Thor, is that you? Fat Thor, is that you? <laughs> or like, Bigfoot, is that you? <laughs> Anyway, so that's kind of my hobby progress. Uh, and, well, and I guess I've been spray painting all these Infinity guys, so, or uh, airbrushing them, so. I was, like, along as well. I was like, what did you do? Cool. I, I actually got my floors finished, so I'm really excited about that. I have some finished works with some trim and stuff, but otherwise, they look great, and I'm really excited about that. But other than that, the only hobby progress I've been able to do is um, I did a soft launch of our the Serpent's Eye campaign. Um, realized there's some issues with it because it is a, a homebrew one. So I'm going to go back to the drawing board with some of that stuff. Our local group here was able to kind of test some stuff for me. We may kind of revisit some stuff there. But otherwise, it's going really well. People had fun, and that's what, that, what, that's what counts. But um, <clears throat> I was able to put some models together finally and even paint up a uh, Huskarl, which I was really excited about. Um, I kind of just did it quick, you know, basic minimum paint job, but it was fun to just get a model done, have it on the table and like, be like, it looks okay. I didn't do any highlighting. I just put the base colors on and, you know, made sure everything was all blocked out. It felt good just to get something that I was satisfied with for sure. And I dry brushed just cloak. That was kind of the extent of that. But, um, other than that, I put together my first set of Malifaux models. Got those nice. from Gadzooks and, uh, um, Jake has kind of been talking to me about it, and it just interested me as far as the theme in the game. So I'm going to check that out sometime. But the models were really great aesthetically. Um, one of the models in particular was a pain in the butt to put together. It was from the Here Lies set, and I consider myself a decent modeler, but it was pretty, it's pretty interesting. I'm like, why did you design it this way? But um, models look great though, and uh, excited for that. So yeah, that's kind of where I, where I'm at. All right, that's pretty cool. Well, uh, we uh, we have a little bit of a new segment here. Um, we'll, we might pop in occasionally, but we actually have some hobby news for you guys that uh, we thought we would want to share. Um, DGS Games this past weekend had John Con, 
which is uh, a invite-only convention for uh, Brightsword, their RPG, and they <laughs> released, uh, unbeknownst to anybody, uh, their elite. Nobody knew about this outside the co- company. They released the uh, Trazerite Kurgazor, and so I might be mispronouncing that, but uh, K U R G O Z A R. They're calling them Kurs, weren't they for short? Kurgozar. Kurgozar. Anyway, uh, this thing is a massive model, and it looks fantastic. We're really excited about it uh, for a number of reasons, but uh, more. Uh, so we're 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 excited about that. It looks sweet. Uh, I know I have a Trazerite freeband. Juice, are you going to pick one up for yours? I started with Trazerites. I think if all else, I'm going to be picking it up for. Um, Maybe some beast hunt type things. We'll see as the stats get released um, what kind of scenarios and stuff that that can play into. But I, I have a feeling that it's going to be a multifaceted model because DGS is very good at doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, it'll be beast hunt as well as, uh, well, potentially beast hunt. Who knows? Made its own game. Uh, the other thing is yeah. like at JonCon, they did Operation Moon's Light, which uh, is the Jaguar Crusade up into uh, Corona. And so uh, that's pretty exciting. I do plan on running Operation Moonslight for uh, the local group of Brightsword players. Uh, whenever we get around to that, may do make a make a day of it or a couple of, you know, a couple of days of it. So that should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it looks like a very exciting campaign from what I was looking at their pictures, you know. Gooch was also taking very fun pictures, so that helps. Yeah, it does. And they had some beautiful custom terrain there. So anyway, all I had to say, awesome new surprise model from DGS should be released shortly after the Coronans, which are uh, uh, going to be released a little later this fall. Um, Yeah. So we're pretty for, excited about that. Yeah. For those that don't know, uh, the Michigan group, basically, they fully funded the Corona faction um, yep. with the help of some outside, you know, uh, donations as well. The Freeblades community came together there, and it was really cool. So and we're really excited sale. about that. And a bake sale. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> don't forget those bakes, the bake sales. You know, yeah. There was lots of men and wives and stuff that were slaving over ovens for that. So <clears throat> my wife sort of it was fun. It was good. It was fun. Yeah, we had a, yeah. we had a great time with that. Um, and uh, apart from that, too, we've also got some separate news. Um, Gadzooks has generously sent some stuff for us to be reviewing and doing some different stuff with. So um, more on that to come, but we're excited to uh, kind of do an episode or a little bit about that, and maybe on our next couple episodes we'll see, um, and just kind of break that down, review some stuff, and then also potentially do some giveaways or something. We'll have to... Um, look on that so we're just excited about that and uh yeah so a lot a lot happening for sure yep so uh you know stay tuned and we'll let you know about the giveaways as uh as they come up maybe in this episode who knows anyway uh yeah we're gummy bear right now because <laughs> my kids left one on the floor <laughs> that sounds like a you anyway uh yeah so that's a little bit about the news that's coming down the pipe dgs doing some really awesome stuff there uh, a couple of things coming out 
but we want to talk to you tonight. Well, right now, DGS is highlighting um, the Herodellans. And so, actually, there, I think this month there's a code that you can enter to get 10% off any of the Herodellan stuff that you might want to buy from them. Um, but we're going to be talking about them tonight, and I'm going to try and find that code so I can tell you guys what it is. Uh, the code also... should be heavy armor, but it's not. <laughs> uh, it should be, it should be, uh, whatchamacallit, I don't know, attrition? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'll, I'll find it here, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, do you know anything about the Herodellan backstory there, Juice? So, uh, no, that. my world anvil was not working today for me to read up, but um, I do know that they're uh, break off like many of the other factions uh, of the tribes of Valor, but they decided to they kind of became a more chivalrous society, uh, more of a, a feudal society, unlike their failure, uh, Falcon and neighbors. <clears throat> and when, when they did that, um, if I remember right from the lore that it's because of, uh, they, they just had more strict things because they're centralized. So they have enemies almost basically on every corner, uh, the Falcarans have been a known ally, but they had a war that they went through with the the, the Thorminians, uh, Thorminal. They went to war with Thorminal. Kandor, um, they kind of stayed out of that, but um, they had a war or engagements with the Trillians, especially in the forest uh, to the, I think it's the west. Um, Trevor, I'm trying to think of the map in my head. But, <clears throat> but yeah, they had a lot of campaigns against them in the forest. Um the tribes of the north, the tribes of Valor, they had some engagements with them as well. and Or even the tribes of Ruin, but some of the tribes of Valor. And then um, to the south, the Coronans, they've had a little bit of issue with them, but mostly the Thorm Thorminians. So, yeah, they, they're just constantly battling. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they, Their society functions extremely on honor. And uh, the for the Coronans and the Falcarns and stuff, they have issues with them because they have different interpretations of honor. So to the uh, Herodellans, the honor is different. They see them all as unhonorable. So it's kind of a weird deal. That's why they don't get along with the Coronans very well because they, they see their, their form of honor as unhonorable. It's kind of pish posh. So they kind of are uppity, but not, not really. It's just kind of like they're highly they're, religious, right? Yeah, and they are they are definitely um, into the Varanic, you know, uh, praising Shilla. Yeah, all of their <clears throat> stuff is broken up into the different Glaren, Beric, Vidnar, T Tanar, um, um, all that stuff. If I do, those are the different Gaul. Yeah, the different deities there. So, yep, that's a little bit about their background. I that's off the top of my head. Um, all right. Well, I have a little more. I, I do have World Anvil open. Uh, the Freeblade Questers, and I'll just keep this quick. The there or the Herodellan Questers. I also I found the code for ten percent, so don't let me forget that. Um, the Herodellan Questers. They're Questers because they like go out on quests, and the quest could be anything from uh to find recognition just to adventure in far off lands uh opportunity to right a wrong or even to earn forgiveness from the gods so they travel around they're generally welcomed into homes or keeps they tell stories they pass news 
things like that. Um, and they are critical to Haradel, and they keep the country filled because they keep the entire country filled with armed and armored warriors. Uh, to you know, uh, and they're too busy com- uh, completing all these different tasks and quests to engage in senseless disputes and stuff. So the different keeps all get along and things like that for the most part. So they travel all over Phalon and tell stories and all that jazz. So that's kind of their thing. Yeah, there you go. Well, so with that, yeah. Are yeah, you ready to dive into the box? Yeah, we can. Their faction assembly rule is they can only have one more questing knight than apprentice knights of any type. You can mix and match types. That means you're at a two-to-one ratio, basically, when you're building your list. They have a ton of heroes. But, and a ton of followers. And a ton of followers. For the uh, Tanar which comes in the starter box, the faction uh, faction hero models in the free band led by a high quester of Tanar gain March. March says you get one extra inch of movement if you don't sprint or run or whatever. As long if as you just do a maneuver, you get an extra in- inch of movement. Uh, I'd love to talk about the uh, fist of Vidnar, so you want to kick it off with the high quester? Of Tanar? Yeah, so the High Quester is a speed 5, D12, plus 1 Mar, longsword with yeah. a D8, a defense 5 with a shield, armor 6, which is going to be static across the entire faction for the most part, 3 life points, discipline D12, his special abilities are leader, steadfast, parry 2, shield bash, with a dex D10, which gives him that bump plus in one. his Mar plus 1. Yep. Um, so you'll see Steadfast a lot in this faction. Steadfast is once per game. Um, you can just choose to automatically pass uh, a morale check, or you pass the first one you have to make automatically. Um, so they're really good at at that morale check to begin with, with, the D12 discipline. But Steadfast has saved my hide more than once, that's for sure, um, especially... <laughs> If you're you're ganged up on or you lose to a follower and you're like, what is happening here? And you just it just saves you. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that parry too with the D twelve plus one is really nice. We've yeah. talked about parry before. He's he's always been a steady tank for me, is kind of where he's been at. Um the D eight longswords never do a whole lot of damage for me against heavily armored units or defensive units, but they're consistently hitting and Tanar is always, he survives. That's what counts. And then what's shield bash? So shield bash is, and I'm going to read it so I get it here. uh, You can either use your shield as a second attack using your Mara at minus two or dice level. So at a D eight plus one, to the melee attack test and damage D6, or retain the shield shield bonus. This needs to be announced at the beginning of combat. I just want to throw that out there because uh, so many times you get in the heat of combat and you forget that. I'm guilty of that. I'm like, oh, man, I wanted to... I, just so you know, I'm using shield bash. Well, it's like, oh, your defense would have been lower. Um, I know you missed anyway. Is that okay? You know. So those talents like that, you always want to announce. But yeah, it's... Pretty nice when you're going against a low defense model or you got them piled on and you just are trying to squeak out that one or two damage. Um, You know, two attacks, it can make the difference. It really can. And uh, they're good at it with that D12 plus one. Yeah, so for the optional talents, what Juice is getting at there, um, 
Yeah, you gotta. This just goes for everybody who's playing free blades. If you're playing free blades, you gotta make sure. Like when we do a combat, I'm like, do you have any optional talents? So you go in reverse discipline order with optional talents. So if I have my leader in there, I go, all right, any optional talents to declare? And if the person says, yeah, I'm like, all right, let's figure out discipline order if I also have them. But if I don't have them, then I just let my opponent declare their optional talents and we move on. So, anyway. Yeah, so with that, let's move on to his trusty caster, Jeff. Yeah, the Fist of Vidnar. This guy is awesome. One, he has a sweet sculpt. Yeah, I think it's the best sculpt in the starter box for me. None of them are bad, but he's just like... You look at the the starter box artwork here, and I feel like you look at him, and you're like, that's a cool leader. And then you're like, oh, it's the guy to his left. Oh, oh, well, that guy's cool too, but look at the fist. <laughs> yeah, my favorite is actually the Apprentice Knight of Tanar, but I really like the Fist of Idnar. And so Fist of Idnar, he's the caster. He's a little weird. First off, he clocks in at 33 gold, which is two gold more than most other starter box casters. He's got a speed of five. Very slow for a starter box caster. He's got a Mar of D8. That's pretty high for a starter box caster. He's got a War Manok, which is a giant, like, fist hammer, hammer. thing. <laughs> Coming down with a D10 damage. <laughs> this guy will knock your socks off if he connects. Uh, he's defense 4. AV6. <laughs> Two life points. D8 discipline. All right. He's kind of got a weird kit here that's uh, I like. First off, he's Dex D6. This has no effect on you right off the bat, uh, but it will if you take any kind of Dex damage, so keep that in mind. He's got a car of D10, so he's rolling a D10 to cast his stuff. He's got 15 power. That's just like everybody else. He's got Chosen Warrior. We'll get into that in a minute. And he's got Armored Casting, minus 2. So this means anytime he's going to cast a spell, most of the time when you're casting a spell, the target number is a 2. No problem. His target you take his target number is still a 2. But you subtract 2 from your casting result. So if you roll a 2, you actually get a 0. If you roll a 3, you get a 1. So you need to roll a 4 to cast his spells. And that's what that armored casting is. So he has a way around it though, and that's chosen warrior. Chosen Warrior says, and I'm going to open the link just to read it to you guys. A caster with this talent may spend power to negate casting modifiers for casting in contact and armored casting. Each power spent negates, negative, uh, negates one of the negative modifiers. Power spent in this manner contributes to the base cost of the spell. So that oh, means... Yeah. So that means if you like spend two to you're casting a level one spell, so you spend one there, you spend two more, your opponent has to spend three, four if it's energy magic, to dispel the spell. So that can make his spells a little more potent. But one of the things that you might have missed is he can also negate the negative for being in contact. This doesn't let him cast without he still provokes a reaction attack if he casts while in contact. But you can spend six additional mana, if you want, up to six additional mana, to completely get rid of all of the negatives in combat. So if you have a spell that you just gotta get off this turn, 
could be a way to do it. You know what I mean? So, that's pretty cool. I really like him. He's got a great uh, spell list as well. Um, Aaliyah's Light shines through on this one. Uh, all melee attacks against target are minus two dice levels. So you can really protect somebody with Aaliyah's Light. This is a costly spell. It's three uh, power. Yeah, um, or five if you don't want to take negative modifiers and have yeah. target number four. <laughs> yep. He's also got Moto's Mending. That's a one mana heal. Target recovers one life point or one power and they heal. Uh, he's got a reroll with Sylvia's Second Chance. Uh, a basic buff with Tanar's Blessing, plus two die levels, Mara Rar, your choice. Um, one that I really like is Barrack's Rage. It's two power. And the target model has the Frenzy talent, which uh, Frenzy lets them, they're minus two to their defense, and they get to make a second attack at full Mar. And so that's what that gets to do for that uh, with Barrack's Rage. So I really like that one. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, when we get to the Apprentice Knight of Barrack and see a little combo going on there. So, uh, yeah, that's the Fist of Midnar. Yeah. I really like him. So on to Apprentice Knights then, because uh, that's going to be the next heroes in the set. So the Apprentice Knights are just basically downgraded versions for the most part of their uh, upper-level knights. It goes in tiers. There's Apprentice Knight, Questing Knights, and High Questers. Um, and it's all part of the feudal system. It's the, basically their ranking, as well as their uh, rep rapport and their abilities. So the Apprentice Knight of Tanar, who's also in the box, she's very similar to the uh, High Quester. She's only a D10 Mar, though, but she has that D8 Longsword. Uh, <clears throat> she has a Defense 5, AV6, two life points, because uh, she doesn't have the leader talent, and then she's a D8 Discipline, so a little bit lower there. Parry one instead of two. She has Sergeant, which is muster. She can help archers with shoot them and stuff. And then she also has Shield Bash. Uh, but she is at the low, low cost of 26 gold. Um, so for a hero model, I mean, that's it's a good cost. Apprentice Knights are well costed for what they do. Uh, they're very simple, but they can hold their own. She helps out your archers. She can help out your main line. She does really well with that. Um, with that, though, let's go over the Knight Barrack. Uh, Jeff, so we yeah. can kind of get the feel for the different play styles there. So as you've already kind of noticed, all of them have the names of the different deities that they worship. And the deities that they kind of worship kind of signify in a way what play style or what things that they have associated with them. Yep. So Tanar, uh, a common theme is their parries and shields there, uh, the longsword. But um, Beric, on the other hand, uses a battle axe, which... We'll get into here. Yeah, and so actually Barrack and a Boar Warrior are really, really similar. Uh, your Knights of Barrack and Boar Warriors, because they actually both worship the same god. The Barrack worships the Boar Totem, or the, sorry, the Boar Warrior worships a Boar Totem, uh, but the Apprentice Knight of Barrack worships Barrack, whose symbol is a boar, and relates back to the Erdegar, their Erdegar, uh, tribal founding it's adorable oh my gosh <laughs> anyway knight of Barrack. he's speed five he's got a d10 mar battle axe d10 so he's hitting hard uh he's defense four av6 uh two wounds life points sorry two life points d8 discipline so your apprentice knights are d8 discipline your questing knights are d10s 
your high questers, which are your leaders of D12s. Anyway, the Apprentice Knight of Beric has Die Hard. Oh, that seems, you know, interesting. He's got Bull Rush. That also seems interesting. So he's got that in common with the, uh, those two things in common with the uh, Boar Warrior. Then he's got Sergeant for the Musters, which are Muster Archer, Muster Thresher. And then he's got Impetuous. This means that uh, every turn he needs to make a Discipline test, or he must charge uh, the nearest model. I think it's nearest. It might be not nearest enemy, of course. Uh, when you're activated or unpanicked, you must pass a Disc test or attempt to contact the nearest enemy with a charge action, if possible. And with a maneuver action, if not, you must counter charge if charged. You must choose to pursue. You cannot be put on delay or break off. So that is impetuous. Kind of limits you there. Um, but he also has impact. And impact gives you advantage on damage tests the turn that you charge. So this guy charges in, he bull rushes you, and then he gets his attack. If he hits, he gets to roll 2d10 and pick the better of the two results. So you can kind of see how the frenzy, giving him a second attack on the charge, would help you there. Because if you hit with both attacks, they both have impact. Bum, bum, bum. So there's that. Uh, yeah, so a couple things to note there. The Die Hard, the Bull Rush, the Impact. So just a quick look back at the even the questing Knight of Beric. He's got Die Hard 2 now. He's got Wild Charge now. Um, but he also has Impact Impetuous. So it's pretty easy to tell what something's going to do. You just get to add more fun stuff the higher up the chain they go. Yeah, they'll give you a different flavor. Also, the Apprentice Knight of Beric also clocks in at a whopping 26 gold. So he is cheap for what he does. I like him a lot. He comes in the starter set. I actually really like this starter set, by the way. Yeah, um, this starter set is really solid starter set. As far as we've talked in the past about some starter sets, um, they're all balanced, but <clears throat> some are harder to manage than others. Uh, but this one is very new player friendly. Um, you have a really great kit. You've got a little bit of range in it, which we'll go over here in a second. You've got a standoff. You've got um, just a lot of different complementing abilities um, that kind of go all into one uh, heavy armored list. So so with that... And seven models. It's one of the only, yeah. if not the only, starter set with seven models. I think it's the only. And you'll see why here in a little bit as we talk about how cheap their followers are. Um the higher you go in the heroes, they get expensive with the followers. Uh, I guess the apprentice knights are not expensive. But anyway, so uh, on to that, let's go to uh, the first follower then. Let's talk about the um, Militia Spearman. So he's speed 6, D6 Mar. He has a long spear at D8 with standoff, which we talked about before. It's really great. Um, <clears throat> he has defense 5 and AV4, which is very good for a follower. Uh, one life point, D6 discipline, so that's, you know, that's all right there, but he is a uh, cost of 12 gold. So he's, uh, you know, probably their most expensive follower, if not, uh, yeah, uh, definitely base cost is. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> But he's definitely worth it, uh, being able to charge behind the Night Barrack and to stand off, very helpful. And he's pretty survivable for the most part. Um, you know, uh, defense four, or defense five with a AV4 is very good. So, um, 
Jeff, you want to talk about the muster archer? Yeah. So then you got the musters, and you remember your apprentice knights are are uh, sergeants, so they project their discipline for the muster archers, or the muster threshers. Um, these guys are like uh, the serfs that live in the feudal lands, right? And the the questing the questing knight comes along and is like, hey. Uh, I'm recruiting you. I'm mustering you into my free band. Anyway. Yeah, I saw you shoot that that deer over there. How would you like to join me? No thanks. Oh, okay. would you like to shoot people? I saw you shoot that deer. Do you want to shoot people? <laughs> anyway. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. That's so dark. Must- All right, we're going to get Jeff. Yeah, give me some help. The Muster Archer, he's speed 7. Um, he's got a D4 Mar with a dagger of D4. So that's always, you know, whatever. And then he's got a D6 ranged attack rating with a bow that does a D6 damage. And the range increments there are 8, 16, 24. He's defense 4, AV2, 1 life point, D4 discipline. You know, he's got all the things going for him there. He's got no special abilities. And he costs 6 gold. Let's just let's just talk about this for a second. The dagger. Let's just ignore that. If you're using the dagger, something's wrong. <laughs> yep. It's more like a butter knife that he stole from his kitchen before he is forced into servitude. <laughs> yep. But, but you, six gold. Yeah, and you can, um you can run a little battery of these guys in the back and pew, 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 pew. job done. It took out uh, a battery of four or five of them. Took out a uh, what's the flying demon again? Ventrax. Uh, Ventrax. Ventri- Ventri- yeah, Ventrax. Yeah, they took out a Ventrax. Uh, the wow. Ventrax was coming, and I had he charged my apprentice knight of Tanar, who was uh, guarding them and using shoot them, and. I reaction shot it with five of them at a D6, D6, and I, I hit enough, did enough life points, and shot one out of the sky. Uh, oh man, it was very, it was a very fun moment uh, because they usually don't do that well. But if you group them together, they do okay. The only issue is they can easily be torn apart. Uh, there's some spacing issues that that group faced. I would suggest two groups of three if you're going to run a ton, or two groups of two instead of a group of four or five like I had all together. But it was very fun. It was a fun list. If one of them drops, practical. they're all like half of them are it's running gotta, away. You got your positioning's got to be good. That's what the and then you have an apprentice knight that's got to stay there, or they're all running away. Anyway, but even with that, you know, it's like you're you're too many resources there. Um, and then the last uh, follower in the box here is going to be the muster thresher and he has got a thresher which is um basically use it to shuck wheat if i understand right yep it's very cool uh he is speed seven um d8 mar so he has the most respectable mar he's been shucking that wheat and so he's buff and been training all his life for this moment um <clears throat> he's gonna become a apprentice thresher one day Maybe. Uh, he's got a Thresher D6 plus one, and it has Shield Bash. Shield Breaker. I'm sorry, Shield Breaker. It just says SP. So. Shield Breaker is an attack with this weapon ignores the first plus one of any shield or weapon ability-based modifiers to the defense of the enemy. Um, so this is really important. It's something that is often overlooked because it's uh, if it comes up, it's kind of hard to catch sometimes, I guess. But 
this would ignore uh, the buckler on the um, gladiator guy, wouldn't it, from Traz Rights? Yeah, the pit fighter. Thank you, sorry. Um, it would ignore any Heraldans that use a shield, at least the plus one, first plus one. Um, you know, any basically anybody that's got that shield. Yep. And a D6 plus one is actually pretty good damage. Yeah, and that Mar D8, I mean, like, if he survives, he's doing pretty good. And get a little charge in with him to make sure he gets his attack off. Like, it's pretty great. I like Thrushers a lot. And uh, one thing to mention, too, that's kind of different about the Herodellans, because they've been out under one of the older factions, uh, they have a lot of alternate sculpts. So the Muster Archer and the Thresher, I don't believe the Spearman, though, but the Muster Archer and the Thresher both have alternate sculpts. So if you want to take yep. a lot of them, you can pick up those alternate sculpts um, outside of the, the starter box. And they're very cool. I like the archer's uh, alternate sculpt a lot. He's got his arrows on the ground ready for the enemy coming as opposed to an arrow knocked back like the one in the box, which they're both very cool sculpts. I like the muster archers a lot. Mm -hmm. So with that, that is the starter box, Jeff. Uh, well, the thresher is the same. He's a uh, defense for AV2, one life point, D4 discipline. And he comes in at Thank eight you. gold. He's very cheap. Yeah. Which eight gold is good. Um, so with that though, let's talk about uh, a couple of things. Uh, honorable mentions, I guess. Um, or I wouldn't things say... to add. Yeah, I mean, let's let's start with things to add first, I guess. So uh, we just bought the starter box. Where should we head from here? So I mean, for me, uh, the obvious next grab for this is for me. And I want, I think this is one of the best sculpts that DGS puts out. I love it. And I really like the kit. It's the Questing Knight of Sylvia. And so it's got a, uh, the Questing Knight of Sylvia, he has his shield raised, long sword back. He's in a cool dynamic stance. I really, really like this model. Also, the shield gives a great uh, little space for some freehand if you're into that. So, Questing Knight Sylvia, he's speed 6. He's a little bit faster than the other knights. He's got a D10 to hit with his Mar. He uses a long sword. He's defense 6 with a shield. And so, he's a little higher defense than the rest of the Herodellans. Actually, I think he's the highest in the group. Um, he is AV5, so he's a little lower on the AV there, but that defense 6, pretty nice. He's got 2 life points, D10 discipline. Here's where I, I love his kit. This is awesome. He's got dodge 2 with a D12 agility. So the D12 agility is giving him uh, plus 1 to his AV. Or his defense, rather. And uh, he gets to use that to dodge with. So that's awesome. He's got raven stance. So he treats his discipline as 1 higher um, against other D10 discipline guys. He's got find D10. And so he can, like, if you're playing a game where find is a thing, like, that's, he's going to be able to use that. Um, and find D10 is not anything to scoff at. And then lastly, and I love this, he's lucky. He's just lucky. Sylvia is the god of, ch or is the gal of chance and luck and stuff like that. And so the questing knight of Sylvia is lucky. Lucky, you start the game with a fate stone. Which is a reroll. This guy comes with his own reroll. I love it. 
he's a great uh, model to add. He adds uh, a little bit of utility to your free band. And, he's faster uh, than your free band. Yeah, he's faster. Uh, he speeds six with the march if you're taking the high quester of Tanar. And so with march, and, he speeds seven, yeah. Or yeah, it was speed seven, and then he uh he could clocks in at a whopping thirty gold for all of that. I love it. He's fantastic. Who would who would you add though, Juice? Who would you add? So one thing to point out here, and I'm not going to go into detail on this model stats because there's another one I want to talk about. But um, <clears throat> so I would I would say the questing knight of Glaren is one of my main ones. Um, mostly because uh, he gets two attacks with a war axe at a D8, so he has two D8 attacks. He's very good. But um, with any of the questing knights, DGS does this awesome thing where when you buy the knights, so if I buy the Sylvan, um, actually Sylvan might be a difference, but if I buy Sylvan's the a little <clears throat> different. if I buy the glare and the barrack, they come with parts where you can make them into. Um, the high quester version or the questing knight version of themselves. And so that's really cool. Uh, either one is completely fine as long as you announce it to your opponent. But like the uh, questing knight of Glaren comes with uh, two different heads and um, it just gives you options. It gives you bits that you can do custom stuff with. And I really enjoy that about the knights in general. And Herodel gets a lot of that with their um, alternate sculpts and then their alternate like heads and stuff like that which is really cool um and i hope to see more of that in the future as they continue to come out with stuff and as far as i know they plan to do stuff like that because they're all about giving their players stuff like that you know mm -hmm. so who do you actually want to talk about you'd pick up a glaren potentially but so i i want to talk about um he's kind of like the i guess the the cousin here, but I want to talk about the Stalker a little bit. So the Stalker is technically, well, he's a Ravenblade slash ally, or whatever you want to call, but in the uh, Herodellan, he's actually uh, counts as like a faction model because a of... Ally uh, trusted. Ally trusted, yep. yep. Um, so the Stalker is a great pickup because he is speed 7, D10 Mar, with a D8 longsword, but here's where he varies a little bit. A D10 12 RAR with a longbow, D8 damage, 12, 24, 36, so great range there. And, and then... Herodel and Lack, any main ranged character. Yeah, and like uh, the muster archers are all you, you've got. So, so this I guy mean, adds something. This guy adds that ranged hero aspect you're missing. He's defense 5, uh, AV3, 2 life points with a D8 discipline. Um, he's got dodge one, so with a D10 agility, so he's very defensive. Um, he's got scout, which we talked about maybe a little bit. Um, it adds to <clears throat> your scouting points, which helps you when you're rolling initiative um, and or deployment, rather. And then uh, that comes with infiltrate which yeah. he gets him up the board faster, so he gets an additional 7-inch move uh, apart from your deployment zone after all sides have deployed. Um, now, here's where he gets a little bit different. So he comes with uh, Sharpshooter, which Sharpshooter is you ignore the plus 1 defense of a target's concealment when making range attacks. So that by itself is really awesome. Um, he... Um, lets you, you know, they say they're hiding behind a tree or something, you don't have to worry about that as much. 
He has Arboreal, so he can move through the forest. He has Hunt, D8. Sorry, he's got a lot, uh, which allows you to look for um, camouflage and disguise models. If I, I mean, not disguise, I'm sorry. Camouflage and stealth models, correct, Jeff? Yep. yep. And then here's where he really shines. Um, well, I guess he's got a ton of stuff other than that. Subdue, shoot them. Well, we talked so, about a little bit. Can I talk? I Here's what Subdue is. Subdue is so good. We've already talked about it once, but like... If you're in base con, if you're engaged with an enemy, they have as a special action you can make them take an endurance test. The target number is a five. If they pass, they're like minus one to everything. If they fail, they're stunned. If they touch, they're restrained or knocked down. Rather, they're knocked down. Uh, it, they have to crit succeed that test, that TN five test, to not take any negative from subdue. I love subdue and as long as you started in melee you can use that and still attack right as long as you if you didn't charge you can use it and still attack yeah there you go so it's really it, good if if you charge you just can't use it because you can't do a special action you can do it anytime you could do a special action but awesome. it is a special action so if you're the only one in contact they're gonna whack you for it they get a free yeah. attack so That's anyway so yeah, that's right, definitely. But... So, but the real, real unique thing about him is his ability called Quarry. At the beginning of the game, after deployment, you designate one enemy as your Quarry. Attacks by the, uh, you that include only the Quarry as a target are plus one dice level to the combat test. Plus one. If you're <clears throat> sorry, plus two, <laughs> plus yeah, two yeah, dice yeah. level to the combat test. If your Quarry is dropped, you may take a special action to get a new Quarry, which is awesome. Um, friends sharing talent through bonded must choose the same enemy with bonded talent, which that is probably for something down the line for him. <clears throat> but that is amazing. So at the beginning of the game after deployment, you say, who do I want to take out? Like, who do I know is going to be annoying in this game? Uh, a lot of times for me, like if I'm playing against Kuzarik, <clears throat> it is going to be... Um, their caster. Well, their caster, but no, I'm talking about the lady they can bring that's got the... Uh, Two daggers. Oh, the truth seeker. Yeah, man. If I see the truth seeker on the field and I'm playing her Eldens or Herod Ellens, I do not want the truth seeker out there with the freaking yeah, she has strike. strike too. It just d it negates, it minuses your armor, and I just like. <clears throat> but all of a sudden, you got the stalker out there, and you've got this like sniper basically that she needs to avoid because if she gets shot by him. His D12 is now a D16 against her. And um, it says combat test. So does that include damage too, Jeff? No, no, no. Combat test is just Mar or Rar. Okay. So, yeah. So uh, we're <clears throat> we're including uh, his Rar here. And it's just, it's just awesome. And um, uh, one thing that to note too is like, you bring the fist like we talked about. All of a sudden, you put a certain spell on him. And um, hold on here. And he's plus two dice levels rar. And so you target your quarry, and you're just you're D16, just stacking D18, D20. You're rolling a D20 to shoot that. That's guy. from one spell. Now, I don't know about you, but if I, like, you, the opponent knows the quarry. Like, I'm not going to stand out in the open here if somebody with a D20 is targeting me. Because chances are 
they might crit me very easily. And then on top of that, like, <clears throat> it's going to hurt, you know. They're ignoring a little bit of cover I got. I mean, like, I don't want this guy out there, like, at all. So I usually use it as more of an intimidation thing, like, oh, that's my quarry. I don't want that thing flying around me. Um, Paracures are a big quarry target for me because I don't want that thing flying around me, you know? Yep. Yeah, Stalker is really good. I I would encourage you to look at both the spell lists. So there's an alternate caster for the Herodelms. Um, and that is going to be um, Cantor. The Cantor. And the Cantor is a different flavor, if you will, but has uh, Varanic magics as well. But, man, just check out what you can combo with him and the Cantor or him and the, the Fist. And it's just so good. There's just so much that you can do. And I think he's a good option because he adds versatility to your faction. You, it, gave, it gives you a scout for different uh, games that you're going to be playing as far as like versatility because a lot of the issues you're going to deal with is your speed. So if you're just going from the box and then you get these two models, that's another 64 gold right there. You're well into your way to a tournament list at 250. Um, uh, you probably could flesh out with a couple more followers. One thing that's nice about the Stalker too is that he doesn't <clears throat> follow the the rule for the apprentice knight to questing knight ratio. Nope. So you don't have to worry about that at first, which can be kind of confusing as a new player. Um, as soon as you get this starter box, you've already got two apprentice knights in it. So you can pick up the knight Sylvan, which will give you, you're still in your two to one ratio. And then you can pick up the stalker and be fine before you'd have to get another apprentice knight. If you wanted to add another, uh, you can um, you can actually add another questing knight. You can only have one more questing knight than apprentice knights. There you go. Yeah. So zero but apprentice still, though, knights. It gives, gives you, you one questing. Gives you options there. You could pick up, I don't know, two knight sylvans and then maybe a um, squirrel, <laughs> stalker squirrel. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. so stalker is really good. Speed. Yeah, we like the we like the stalker quite a bit. Glad that he's good sculpt uh, too. Not, like it's one of the I really like his sculpt. He actually perfectly met one of my D and D characters, and so I was gonna use him as a D and D character. Anyway, yeah. So uh, th those are the Herodellans in a nutshell. They're heavy armor guys. Uh, the thing to look out for if you're playing them, they're really new player friendly because the heavy armor will cover a multitude of mistakes. However, um, watch out. They are very slow at speed, most of them being speed 5. So you can get outmaneuvered pretty easily by other armies, other factions. Terrain can be your enemy a lot of times too. Yep. <laughs> I find my knights stuck in some icy terrain or something and I'm just like, this is grueling. I'm running and i can only move five inches or i can only move at half speed or you know it's like whoo yep and so can... by the time you get there they're like up oh, i grabbed the marker goodbye yeah the rough ground just is you can't move uh you can't can only make you run. can't run you can't run but through it. very rough and those kind of things is the half speed yeah, very rough would be half speed, and then you're only moving two and a half inches. Oof. But yeah, it, it's rough. Any kind of climb test, avoid with these guys for the most parts. That's where 
if you absolutely have to do something like that, perhaps the stalker is your best bet to try to climb up there and get that stuff um, because he's going to give you that more mobility uh, than these guys are for sure at the base. Um, other than that, though, it would just be look at the play styles. Uh, they have the most um, leaders. leaders out of any faction. Um, they have one, two, three, four, five, six base leaders. And if you're using the alternate leader ability, you can get more technically. Yeah, you can upgrade the Sylvan to a leader. So. Yep, you can upgrade the Sylvan. You can upgrade your Fist of Innar if you want. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. But she wouldn't be that bad with that, for sure. So that's something to look into when you're kind of He's, theory crafting there. Maybe. He doesn't have any uh, mitigation. Def yeah, that's so that's where that's... he'd lack. But frees up some potential other space too. So, but yeah, you, there's a lot to do with them. Um, other than those two models, though, I would say look into the followers because that's where your bread and butter is going to be at. A lot of times, these guys, no matter what, you're going to need followers to flesh out stuff. So they're going to run a usually bigger list than normal. I yeah, think that... one of my Adepticon lists had 12 models in it. Yeah, that's the that's the pro of the Herodellans, I think, is like they usually outnumber their opponent. Right, and with formidable uh, followers like they have, at least for the most part, um, that's to your advantage because you have some ability to spread them out and harass or do some different stuff like that. Yeah, there are definitely better followers in the game than what the Herodellans get. Uh, their followers are pretty cheap, but... Um... It is a, you know, it's a great... And they have weapon. access to the Failure Swordsman, too, so let's not forget. We've gone over him before, but he's an amazing model, and unlike in other lists, he has the Squire ability where he can Squire to a certain knight, and when he Squires to a knight, he gets the... Um... <clears throat> he can stand off with him. Yeah, he gets the teammate per teammate ability, so he can do yep. standoff, and he ignores line of sight within one inch of them, um, plus one to the dice uh, level to morale and fear test within one inch of him. So that's really good. You're buffing the stats of that follower and really helping out. Yep. And yeah, like it, uh, like you said, check out the other faction rules, um, depending on what leader you choose. Uh, you could never take a morale test for loss of a hero. Um, they all pretty much affect heroes. Uh, your heroes, uh, Leader ability, leader talent is nine inch radius while he's engaged. It's pretty cool. Um, or no, while an enemy, while you're engaged, you treat his thing as nine inches. Uh, one of them gives you a D4 that does not spike that you can add to any roll made by a hero that did not tarch. You can only do that once per game. Period. Not once per hero. So that's pretty cool. And they can take the Ravenblade as one of their leaders as well. So if you really like those gritty veterans, you can take the Ravenblade Lieutenant as their leader. They've got all the options. So yeah. Perfect. Well, you guys have a good night. Thanks so much for listening. Again, um, check out Gadzooks Gaming if you get a chance enter uh, mention our name in the notes section and they're going to send a surprise gift to you so we'd love for you guys to get to take advantage of that they have some great terrain stuff great 3d printed stuff just lots of great stuff and then um, check out DGS check out your local game shop if they're carrying D uh, DGS for free blades and um, you know yeah, next level espresso is not a uh, 
is not a sponsor of ours, but if you're in the Alma, Michigan area, go to Next Level, pick up your Free Blades models, and try a Cloud Nine. It's so good. Yeah, and don't forget too with the um, with Next Level, for instance. Uh, you know, if you're a local player, don't forget you can talk to him, get stuff ordered uh, through DGS. Um, if you're looking for new models and stuff, and um, again, like Jeff said, you know, just um, support your local game stores when you can because they're how you play. So, yeah. Also, speaking of promo codes, um, the promo code for uh, if you, if you go to DGS Games during checkout and you're buying Herodellin, you can check. Uh, do Haradel all caps six, so it's H A R A D E L six, numerical six, uh, at checkout, and you'll get ten percent off your purchase of uh, your Haradel and models and all that jazz. So that's pretty cool. Awesome. One last thing before I forget. I know this is the the <clears throat> best ending there, but. Um, Please, if you have not looked at Michigan GT, if you plan on going or thinking about going, get in contact with the <clears throat> local quester here, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Um, we would love to see you signed up for that. We've got some good players going already, but the more the merrier. Uh, this is Sorry. Like, just I, I need to add to that. Like, DGS is coming up. They're going to be there. That's exciting. They're actually running the tournament. Um, if you sign up before September, what I say? September 5th. If you sign up uh, by September 5th, so you got two weeks, three weeks to sign up, you will get a free standard model just for signing up. Uh, everybody is going to get a, everybody who signs up is going to get five objective markers out of uh, acrylic. There's other prize support that's coming. Andrew Weber over in Canada has uh, painted up a model that will be raffled off during the game as well. And so there's a ton going on with the GT, man. So, like, come on up. Enjoy enjoy a weekend. We also have an Encounters game Friday night that you can participate in if you want. And a uh, little mini campaign Sunday after the, after the finals uh, starting at 11 there that you can participate in. All of those will have price support um, for you guys. So, yeah. Yep. And keep in mind, there is no badges, so you do not have to pay for a badge separately. The price that you look at is including venue cost and price support when you look at the registration for those events. So take that into consideration when you're looking. And, yeah, we'd love to see you there. We'd love to have you. Um, there's a lot of great stuff coming with that, so... For sure. Anyway, yep. I'm pretty sure I had another announcement thing, but I can't remember what it is anymore. So I'm like looking around at my stuff trying to remember what it is. Anyway. All right, cool. Well, hey. <laughs> Enough of me stalling to try and remember. I hope you guys have a great night. Thanks for listening.